As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This is the Bulls Talk Podcast presented by Coors Light. I am Jason Goff, and our guest today is Keith Smith, freelance writer for publications like Yahoo Sports and Real GM. Coming up on the show, we'll discuss the NBA bubble going down to Orlando. And if we need anybody who knows about Disney and Orlando, it's our guy Keith Smith because he's covered one and he's worked for the other for 20 years. So we'll, we'll learn about everything, whether it be the co- accommodations, the security, and all that the NBA bubble will have to offer, hopefully. Born in the Rockies, Coors Light is lagered cold for a crisp, clean taste. Filtered cold to ensure clarity and brightness and packaged cold for peak refreshment because those who thirst for more deserve the world's most refreshing beer. Welcome into another edition of the Bulls Talk Podcast. I am Jason Goff. We thank you so much for always subscribing and listening to us. We appreciate all the the ears and the mentions and the shares and subscriptions that you have uh, given us over the last few months as we are trying to figure out not what the new normal is, but what we are as a basketball community. Because I don't know if I don't know if the uh, the new normal is the term anymore. It's just whatever we're doing. And to talk about that is uh, a guy who you've read on Yahoo Sports. Uh, NBA coverage, you, you know, real GM, uh, freelance writer, former Disney employee, Keith Smith joins us here on the uh, Bulls Talk podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by Coors Light. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. I want to start with your background so people know exactly why we are talking to you. So give us before you jumped into the world of NBA and covering and freelance writing and all the other things, and then we'll 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 bring you up to scale in, ter- in terms of the hot water that you got yourself into <laughs> a, a, a decent idea that became a reality, and now you're getting the, uh, you're, you're having to wear it so give us your 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 time before you jumped into the the land of the NBA sure yeah and thank you so much for having me um I worked for the Walt Disney Company for nearly 20 years I started there as an intern while I was in college and uh, loved my time there I stayed seasonal Disney does a college program where you leave school for a semester you come down you work and and you take classes from disney and those kind of things and it, it was great i loved it i still remember calling my parents and saying they do this extension thing and i can stay and and mom and dad saying get your butt home and finish school like you know which now, now that i'm older and i'm a dad myself mom and dad are usually right right we got, yeah, should listen yeah. to them so i um yeah, so I, I did that, but I stayed seasonal. I would come back down here during my uh, school breaks and the like and uh, keep working. And then after I did a post-grad internship, uh, I met my wife here. Uh, we were interns together mm-hmm. and then um, started into my career with Disney. The vast majority of my career was in backstage roles. Um, Disney is every, you'll hear me say things like cast members and on stage and backstage. Disney views everything as a show. 
Uh, so anything you see when you're a guest, that's on stage. Anything you don't see, that's backstage. And everybody's a cast member because everybody has a role to play. So, and after 20 years, that's ingrained to me. That that's not going away <clears throat> to speak that way. So, um, yeah. So I did did uh, I worked in our um, casting department, which is the the group that does all the hiring for the mm-hmm. company. Then I moved into uh, more administrative roles. My team was an analytics focused team that would decide how many full timers, part timers seasonal interns we needed to hire how many folks we needed to bring in uh, on a given day for example magic kingdom in the middle of july takes a lot different labor to run than it does to run magic kingdom in the middle of march um, and those kind of things so that, that would be what we would focus on how many people we need and when and where and those kind of things uh, company moved us to california for a year and a half and worked out at disneyland for a year and a half and then moved moved us back here to Florida. Um, and I was with them all the way up until three weeks before the season shut down. Um, I had been doing the NBA thing on the side, uh, mm-hmm. for gosh, it had been probably almost six years, um, on the side. And it was really like having two full-time jobs. Then it did at the point where I could finally say, you know what, I can do this NBA thing and just this NBA thing and not go to bed at 2 AM on the East coast when the you know, West Coast games are wrapped up and my day's over, getting up at 5.30 to go into the office and, you know, stumble like a zombie through. So three weeks before the season shut down, I said farewell to Disney and said, let's do the NBA thing, and then the season shut down. So my, my timing is fantastic. No, nah, no, nah, we won't blame <laughs> you for that. We'll, uh, we'll keep our eyes on Rudy Gobert, whoever, <laughs> whoever the boogeyman is today. Uh, yeah. The reason why I wanted you to give your extensive background is because you wrote a piece for Yahoo Sports uh, that, that lit some ideas. And uh, before we go any further, Keith Smith is not the reason why the NBA is at <laughs> Disney World, all right? But Keith Smith is one of the men, uh, one of the people, I should say, who are uh, one of the first people who wrote about this and, and Disney World being, and I, I used to get in trouble as a kid, so I can only do it as, I know it's going to happen to me as an adult, but Disneyland and Disney World, I used to have to separate the two in my head and know that one was in Cali and one was in Florida. Yep. <laughs> so the, the, the fact that you wrote about this and having your extensive background, uh, was it was it the best of both worlds coming together in such an awful time, or were you just throwing things against the wall? Did you know that something like this would be on the horizon? Because you wrote about this when April eighteenth, I think the, the the dateline was on the on the piece. What like what did you know? What did you think could happen? And are you surprised that we've gotten this far? Yeah. Um, uh- Yes, to all of that. Um, There was, so what had happened was, if you think back all the way to March, when everything shut down, it was, you know, a couple weeks, right? We were all like, yeah, this will be a couple weeks and then we'll all be back at it. And, you know, here we are at the middle of July and it's still, we haven't seen, you know, life return back to normal at all for most places. So it was, um, I I got with my editor at Yahoo and I said, you know, hey, I kind of have an idea of like what the the NBA could do. And at that time, that was uh, right towards the end of March. And we said, "Ah, let's hold off. There's just, it's too, too, too many unknowns and those kind of things. And then they started talking about, you know, private islands and cruise ships and all this crazy stuff. And, you know, I went back to my editor and I said, he, fortunately, he knows the Walt Disney property, Walt Disney World property very well. Um, also, he lives here part of the time. So I said to him, I said, you know, let's, let's, you know, here's my idea. And I laid it out and he's like, all right, let's do it. Let's run it. And both of us were like, eh, it's content. Who knows if anybody will read it or anybody will care. Um, that first day, it, it did pretty well. 
um, you know, got, got some eyes on it. A lot of people, um, thankfully we kind of let it with the tagline of don't laugh, you know, both, you know, read this and then, then, you know, if you want to laugh after that's fine. But, uh, you know, a lot of people came back with, I didn't know all that was there. Cause I think when you come on vacation here, you drop your bags in your room and you go to the theme parks and you leave tired and poor at the end of the week. Right. You're, you're, you're not it's a, like Vegas. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Like Vegas. Yeah. Except, except that, that only takes about two days in my experience in Vegas. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, you know, we, we, uh, we got a lot of stuff and we actually got a note back from someone within the league that said, Hey, thank you for this thoughtful and thorough idea. You know, and that was the extent of it. That was the, the entire note uh, that we got, which was, you know, nice to receive. Right. And what I can tell you is my experience working for Disney is, I've known for years Disney was a backup site if a team was forced from their home market. Think what happened to the New Orleans Hornets back in the day, the Chris Paul uh, years, and they, that's kind of how they, Oklahoma City became an NBA market was when they played you know, a good chunk of their season there after Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was always known that if a team was really forced out, Disney could, could host a, a team. The, the idea of the entire league came to mind for me because – at the time I wrote this, Disney was not open and wasn't planning to reopen. We had no idea. And they were just sitting there on thousands upon thousands of empty hotel rooms. I knew they had the basketball facilities at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex because I'm very familiar with it. I knew that they had all that. And then most importantly, Disney's private property. So unlike Las Vegas, which does a phenomenal job with the Summer League, it was going to be very easy for Disney to say, here's our chunk, we're cutting it out, and that's it. You know, nobody gets in, nobody gets out, and and that's going to be what it's going to be for the NBA. So clearly now in the, you know, uh, uh, recent months, it took on a very different plan. Disney has reopened um, their, some of their hotels, but still the NBA areas are the NBA only. Nobody else is in those areas, and that's it. It's just them. And, and so far, you know, I'm going to knock on wood here. It seems to be going pretty well. There haven't been any positive tests inside the uh, campus or the bubble. Uh, since I got here. So, so that was kind of where it all came together was it was a little bit of knowledge combined with, Hey, I think this is a pretty good idea, but, but there was no um, sense at all when I wrote it that this would be a real thing. So very much it's been like, Holy cow. And, and it would kind of be like a roller coaster. It would, it would go away for a week and then somebody would say, Hey, this Disney thing could happen. And then it would get a whole new life of its own. And then really towards, uh, I want to say it was maybe the end of May. Um, when it was like, hey, this Disney thing is going to happen, then it really exploded all over again from there. I think you have a consulting firm business in your future. <laughs> oh, my man. I mean, you, you're putting together multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar ideas. I want to talk to you about the security aspect that you mentioned as far as not having the same structure or infrastructure as Vegas in terms of heightened security. I, in doing some research about uh, Disney World and Disneyland, the, the no-fly zone aspect of this is astounding to me there are there aren't too many places that aren't federally regulated like where troops are or where there are not important people but you know high level and high risk people that have flyover zones disneyland and disney world are two of the places in this country that have a strict no flyover zone policy i believe you can't fly uh below three thousand feet or something like that there's drone issues that they have addressed as well so when we talk about people coming in Uh, in terms of bringing a virus in, there's also a threat of having all, like all the wealth in the NBA in one place as well. And 
I don't think that's an aspect that has been addressed nearly enough as well. Um, you know, we, we joke about groupies and, and agents <laughs> and, you know, basketball people coming into the bubble, but the security aspect that you are well aware of, can you, can you enlighten some of our, our listeners as to the extensive nature of that? Because I know when I first touched down in Bristol, uh, my, my first few days at ESPN, uh, it was a different feeling. Like it isn't, just, hey, you're hanging out with the mouse and you're going to see statues and talk sports. You touch down there and those maroon vans pull up and they take you to the, to the lobby and then you go to the campus. Like, it is very, very um, meticulous and very specific the way that Disney treats its security. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And when you think about Walt Disney World or, you know, Disneyland, Disneyland's much smaller. Obviously, it's it's two parks and three hotels um, where Walt Disney World, it's a lot of people don't know. It's it's roughly 40 square miles. Um, it is uh, twice the size of Manhattan, same size as the city of San Francisco. Um, I can tell you, I live on just off property, um, one end of the property to get to the other end of the property with no traffic or anything. It's a 20 minute car ride. Um, that's how long it takes me to drive, you know, all the way through. So it's, it, it, it's a massive place. And that's why, you know, when people are like, wait, they open these theme parks and the players are there. Like, how are they going to be not on top of each other? They, they're not, you can't, from most of the hotels, you can't see any of the parks. You know, it doesn't look like that. And, and it's, um, the, the security piece, you're absolutely right on the, the no fly. Um, the reason for that is at, at the theme parks, just, just think of the theme parks themselves. Let's take the NBA, NBA out of the mix. On a busy day, you know, if we were in normal times um, here in the middle of the summer, Magic Kingdom's got about 60,000 people. Epcot, probably about 40. Hollywood Studios, 40. Animal Kingdom, 40 or so. So you're talking, you know, close to 200,000 people um, just in the theme parks alone. And then you got two water parks. You got Disney Springs, which is shopping and dining. And then there's over 30 hotels on the property. So, you know, there, there's, you know, well over, um, you know, quarter to a half a million people on the property at any given time. Um, and that's, in, and then when you add the cast members, the, that's Disney lingo for employees that work there, there's 84,000 employees that work at Walt Disney World. Um, you know, so you're, you're well, you know, in, you know, an area where you want to protect people. It's, uh, we, we learned very quickly after 9-11, um, you know, that, that uh, Bob Iger talks about it in his book, uh, that Disney, you know, was where they could have been a target. Um, he talked about um, the, the Pulse nightclub shooting in downtown Orlando. Shooter's initial target was, was Walt Disney World. Um, and part of what scared him off was the presence of the Disney security. Um, he, he didn't feel like he'd be able to get in there and do their thing. Now, now what you're going to see with the NBA is it's even heightened beyond what is normal. Um, normally, if you pull up to a Disney hotel, there's one or two security guards at the security booth. And they're kind of checking in, making sure you know where you're going. And, okay, you're checking in for the day. You're going to eat at a restaurant or something like that. Uh, most of these hotels right now have four or five people out front. Um, Orange County and Osceola County sheriffs are on standby, as they are at all times, but are very close by on standby. Let's just put it that way, um, if anybody needs anything there. And then the NBA, as you know, I don't know how many people are maybe aware, but the NBA league office, as well as each NBA team, has their own security people. Um, and they that was part of for the teams that your security person had to be part of your traveling party. So they've all got at least one of their own security people there. And then NBA has their own security people there as well. So no one's getting in. What I like to say is no one's getting in there and going to wander in and be like, 
oh, hey, there's LeBron James playing basketball. Like, that's not going to happen. Um, even the ESPN Live or the Sports Complex, where they're going to be playing most of the games and or playing all of the games and some of the practices are there, that's really the basketball hub. Its driveway down in is about a quarter mile long. Um, before you're down into the um, wide world of sports. So, so no, again, no, no one's going to stumble in and be like, oh, hey, an NBA game. Cool, I'm going to check this out. It's not, it's not going to be like that. It's, they, they've got things pretty well under lockdown. Um, now they've made it very clear the players are free to go if they want to. They don't have to stay. Um, you know, there's strict, uh, I don't even want to call them penalties, but protocols to return if they come back. We're seeing that play out right now with Bruno Caboclo, and he didn't even leave the campus. He only left his room, um, you know, while he was supposed to be in his quarantine period, and now he's in a 10-day quarantine period where he's going to, you know, be tested multiple times and uh, pass all those tests and be able to uh, return back to the Rockets. So, so yeah, the NBA is doing everything they can to keep this as safe as possible on all sorts of different levels, not just health levels. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Cities like Miami and Dallas and Atlanta, uh, a lot of, you know, some city, a lot of cities in the South are actually telling people, stop coming here and bringing this with you because people thought it would be cool to go party in Scottsdale and Phoenix and Miami and all Houston and all these places from their northern regions. How is the town and how is the area where you're seeing spikes and you're seeing raised levels of not, and, you know, people talk about testing, you test more, you're going to find more cases, but I'm talking about hospitalizations and deaths, right? That, you know, after you get to that point, testing, you know, we, we're far past testing when we talk about hospitalizations and death rates. How is that area dealing with um, an entire world community being dropped in the center of what is, you know, one of the epicenters of this terrible virus right now? Yeah, for to, to bring in the NBA and then the Major League Soccer is also on property as well. So to bring in two pro sports leagues, it was not um, – no one really gave it much thought in the area because it's, all right, so a few thousand people with each one of these leagues – who cares? That's nothing for Disney. You know, they'll come and go. And, and it's funny, like I said, I live just off the property. You would never know that I live, you know, especially when there's not fireworks at night, you would never know that there's a theme park, you know, mile and a half or so down the road. Um, but what is different is um, the parks reopening and that bringing, you know, potentially back hundreds of thousands of people into the area. Uh, there's people just like everywhere in the country of very mixed minds. You know, some folks are, you know, we got to get back to work. You know, we can't, can't sit home forever. And then there are other people who are like, this is absolutely insane. What are we doing? You know, we need to stay, you know, closed and stay safe. And, and it's that way even within the Disney group. 
Um, I like to say no one is from here. No one's from Central Florida, right? Everybody's pretty much a transplant for the most part. So what you end up seeing with um, with those folks is they come with all kinds of different you know, thought processes and upbringings and all those things where, where they just, you know, they, they think through things very, very differently. Um, so you, even within Disney, there are folks who are, we got to get open. And then there's folks who are, uh, we should probably stay closed. But reality is the parks are open and Disney's doing everything they can to keep everybody safe uh, within the theme parks as best they can. But how that's going to impact the NBA, only time will tell. Um, the hope is that, you know, all the checks and balances that they have in place for the folks who are taking care of the NBA, which it's funny listening to the players, they're not seeing a whole lot of the Disney cast because the Disney cast have been instructed, keep your distance and you stay away and, you know, those kind of things. And the only time they're really seeing them is when it's like, right, I'm going to pick up my fishing stuff to do fishing, which seems to be right now the kind of number one um, uh, pastime when they're off the court um, and those kind of things. And then, you know, they, it's funny because I had uh, one player tell me directly, he's like, man, you Disney people, you call and ask for something. And then it just, he's like, it really is like magic. It just shows up. And I didn't even know you came to my room, you know, and those kind of things. So, so it's been kind of funny from, from that aspect as well um, to hear, you know, from people where for me, that was just kind of commonplace. It's how we did business. You know, I didn't really give it a whole lot of thought. So, so yeah, so hopefully everything is going to be, you know, moving along um, there, you know, but, but it, it is a concern because, you know, our numbers did spike just like they did in the state all around the property. Um, thankfully in the last couple of days, I'm going to knock on wood again, they have gone back down a little bit. So hopefully that's a sign um, that things are getting a little bit more under control. Um, we are back under mask orders um, in the counties that are right around Walt Disney World. So that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, folks seem to be taking it a little more serious now. I th think what's really putting pressure on people at school is due to open down here in less than a month. And I think people are like, well, if I don't want to be the teacher again, you know, we, we got to get this thing moving in the right direction. So you know, but, but yeah, it, it's, I, I probably, I liken it to, I think it's like, just like a lot of other places in the country, there's a lot of mixed feelings and people are going in every different direction you can imagine. All right, Keith. So you, you are, you are privy to the protocol of dealing with VIPs, but usually they come in, you know, the, the hundreds, not the thousands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How I'm watching Miles Leonard shotgun beers and JJ <laughs> shotgun gonna be in the pool i'm watching pat bev you know show us his room also try to get those polo tees off i see you pat uh you know like I, we're seeing the inside of it and certain guys like hey i'm here to hoop certain guys like what the hell is going on here how do you how do you treat 300 plus super vips and then all of the things that accompany those vips like how do you just ramp it up times five or times ten or are there different precautions and protocols that you have to have in place when you're dealing with um, this many people who are used to a certain way of living. Yeah. The number one thing. So clearly having a lot of friends who still work and uh, several who are at the hotels where the players are going to be living uh, for, you know, in, in some cases a month or so all the way up to several months. Um, the number one thing is realizing like, and these guys order a lot of stuff. Um, you know, so they, they have uh, amped up the Bell Services teams to help deliver all those packages to the rooms and the like. Uh, I don't know if you saw P.J. Tucker uh, ordered himself an 85-inch television 
because the uh, you know forty some odd inch in his room wasn't enough. Yeah, that ain't, um, that ain't, that ain't slightly <laughs> enough. <for> no, nope. <laughs> but what's funny is yeah, you know, I I heard uh, loosely he's not the only one, handful oh. of guys, but but all of them were. Can you leave the other TV though too? Because I want to put you know I want to watch TV on that one, but I'm going to play my games on this one and those kind of things. So so that's the that's the difference is um. You know, a lot, a lot of times, uh, like you said, the VIPs, when they come in, they're, they're you know, uh, much smaller numbers. Now, now it's these bigger numbers. Um, funny story was, you know, the beds. Um, they had to go out and get um, extra long king beds because it's pretty rare that we have a seven-footer on property, <laughs> hundreds of them. <laughs> That's not a thing, you know, for Disney. So so uh, that, that was the whole thing was to go and, you know, procure all these beds. You've seen in a lot of the players' rooms um, – mm-hmm. They were set up to have two queen size beds in them, and they've taken one of them out. They put in one double, and then they've put in like a couch or a chair or a table or whatever to give them a little more space. Kind of, it, it's starting to you're kind of turning it almost into a like a one bedroom apartment. Um, I guess is the easiest way to put it. Um, but yeah, and then, and then you know a lot of these guys. I heard the, the big delivery in the last two days was um gaming chairs. You know, because they don't want the hotel chairs, right? Which you've probably traveled a lot doing this, as, as have I. I know sitting in those hotel chairs, it, it, yeah. it's right for a day. Three hours of gaming in. And <laughs> exactly, <chairs>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it gets to be a bit much. You know? <laughs> so those guys are getting in. Uh, they, they're getting in their, um, you know, their gaming chairs. They, they're asking for all sorts of, you know, stuff is coming in. They, they gave them all fire sticks. Um, and the NBA put together a little goodie bag so that way they could download um, all the different things there. Um, I know that they uh, made sure that um, for when we get in season, it sounds like they're going to go ahead and unlock the um, NFL Sunday ticket package um, in the hotels so the guys will have football to watch, you know, assuming there is football, right? Um, you know, and all those sorts of things. Um, they're going to make sure that they can get all the games in the rooms because we know all these guys, how many of them talk about, you know, I finish my game, what do I do? I go home, I put on lead pass and you know, watch the other games. So, and the players want, once everything is up and running, the players will be able to go to games too, which is going to be a whole fun and interesting, you know, wrinkle in this is, you know, uh, watching a team sit there. It's almost like an AAU tournament, right? Where mm-hmm. you're sitting there watching, you know, uh, two teams you might play later, you know, yeah. you openly rooting for the underdog and the team you think you can beat or something like that. So yeah, but from the Disney side, very, very, di- very different. Um, you know, they're, they're just adjusting to it. But for the most part, they said the guys have been really good. They, 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 um, the initial two days of being in the rooms fully for two days, that was rough. And they said you could tell the players didn't really like that. Um, they, they didn't love the food options and those kind of things those two days. But a lot of the players came back and said, you know, it's no different than the team plane. You know, you, you, you pack everything, you know, in a box lunch on the team plane. And, mm-hmm. you know, it ends up – it's not the prettiest presentation in the world, but – it's edible and that's what matters. So, you know, and now that you're starting to see a lot more about the food is, you know, I think they're getting a lot more what they maybe expected and those kind of things. And I think you might've had the NBA say, knock it off. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. I, at least definitely with J.R. Smith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> J.R. Smith just got back in the league. And if, yeah. if nobody around J.R. told him yep. some, I think uh, the higher ups like, Hey man, listen, yeah. A lot of guys who aren't talking, they are very, <laughs> yep. very established professionals. You just got back in. Might be yep. tough now a little bit. 
Yeah, and it was funny because I had uh, one player text me when the Rajon Rondo news came out last night that he broke his hand or broke his thumb, and he had posted, you know, oh, look at this Motel 6, which I was like, well, clearly he's never stayed in a Motel 6 if that's what he thinks it looks like. And a uh, player texted me, he goes, well, that's karma. You know, and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you might be right. So, oh, no. you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Disney karma taking care of injuries. Yeah. Speaking of injuries, because uh, I know you only got you for a few more minutes here, uh, not just with testing, but what are the facilities like for, you know, God forbid, but this is basketball, an ACL tear, a hamstring tear, quad injury, soft tissue stuff, things that are going to happen once you ramp it back up. And I know training camp is, is, is going to happen, but people, people get hurt in training camp. Yeah. So what are the facilities like and how are they going to accommodate uh, with x-ray machines and all the other things that these players and these teams are going to need? Yeah, now Disney had some of that because this is the host of the uh, AAU Nationals uh, most years. It's also they, they also host the um, Junior NBA World Championships every single year over at the sports complex. I, I don't know about this year clearly, but you know most normal years. Um, so they have some of that, but they really the teams and the league stepped up big time. They shipped a lot of equipment down. Um, things that, you know, I don't know that the average fan knows most teams have, you know, an MRI machine, you know, on property to, you know, kind of quick and dirty things, quick x-rays and those sorts of things. Uh, the Orlando magic be clearly being, you know, about 20 miles away. We're very instrumental in providing, you know, a lot of the equipment, the magic were heavily involved with Disney and walking spaces and saying, okay, this is what we need. So what we need, um, the magic's equipment manager, for example, was the one who said, all right, this is what we need for a laundry facility. They brought in 66 washers and 66 dryers, and they put them inside what used to be the Atlanta Braves old indoor batting cage from when they had spring training at Disney. Yeah. Um, and that is set up. That You can find that on one of the, the Twitter accounts out there, the Bubble Life account or whatever it is. There's pictures of that set up as well. So, so yeah, so they've been heavily involved to try and make sure um, that, that everybody has what they need. There's going to be something everybody knows is going to come up where it's going to be our, we had to send them to a local hospital. But as you know, one, one of the people said is there's only so much you can do in an arena or training facility anyway, before it's our, we got to get into to see a real doctor and, you know, do these things. So everybody's, you know, working together as best they can on that. But the good news is there's, you know, a lot of good hospitals very close by to the property. Um, if, you know, if there was ever kind of emergency treatment and then any specialized type things, it's downtown Orlando's, you know, 20, 30 minute car ride away. So it's not too bad. Keith Smith with us here on the Bulls Talk podcast brought to you by Coors Light. Jason Goff with you. And Keith, a uh, couple more questions for you here. Before we get to the basketball part, I want to talk to you about how the fans have kind of digested this. You know, I, it's been interesting to me to watch fans from different sports and how they are consuming the news in terms of how it affects their everyday life, how it affects their investment to sports. Um, I got to be honest with you. And, you know, I promise, you know, Bulldog and Tony and, and everybody <laughs> that, that I work with that I won't lie to you. And I haven't missed it as much as I thought I would. And I don't know how to feel as a basketball fan feeling that way because of everything, the heaviness of everything. Sure. I'm sure once we get started here, I'm definitely going to be in tune and checking it out. Like I call myself watching the big tournament, you know, and the big tournament is a good product. And all of a sudden I kind of forgot the Corona thing as, you know, everybody outside walking around partying, acting like they forgot about Corona. <laughs> well, yeah. when I want to ask you from, from your purview, how have fans 
digested, not only the information, but also going forward. Is there, is there kind of like a fatigue of, all right, damn it, man. You know, I, I've been fighting against everybody running around outside willy nilly, but if this is what we're going to do, let's get it started. Cause I feel, you know, I'm unsure about myself because I feel myself starting to feel that way. And it feels like I'm not just in a, in a weird sense, letting the people around me down by saying, yep, go ahead. Cause everybody else is doing it. And I don't want to feel that way. How have you gauged how fans have, have consumed the new information as we go week to week and as we do ready for this restart here. Cause I know they came after you because of course you came up with the idea for this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, and as I like to say, I don't even have that much power in my own house. <laughs> you know, I, I can't, you know, I, I don't get to pick what we have for dinner. You know, I certainly can't order Stop it at the end. That button, Keith. Right, I mean, that's it. The NBA to go down to Orlando. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, but I could get the NBA and Disney to come together for a three-month billion-dollar, you know, yeah. proposal to make yeah. it work. Yeah, that's that's you know that's comical. I, I wish people knew you know what it was like here with my wife and my ten-year-old. You know, telling me go away. You know, uh, but <laughs> it's um. We are actually so, talking to Keith right now from a closet. He didn't even get there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, pop, it feels like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, it's, I find that people are falling into one of three camps. You have the, and I think it's similar to what it is in everyday life right now. You have the people who are the ones that I don't really love are the ones who are, uh, they're all, you know, millionaires anyway. They're all young, just play. And that to me is, that's not okay. Like that's not a, you know, that that's not there. I mean, we know young, healthy people are getting this and having long-term things and some of them are even dying. Yeah. Um, from that. And, and I don't care if they're millionaires. It doesn't, it, it, coronavirus doesn't check your bank account before it you know, decides to infect you or not. Um, you know, now, of course, they're going to have access to better care than you, know, you, me, and the vast majority of people are, but that's not an excuse. Then on the flip side, the group that I don't really love either is they should never play. This is stupid. This is all irresponsible. You know, this is never going to be safe. It'll never work. Because I feel like those are the people who have um, tweets queued up and ready to go for, you know, if they have to shut it down with the, I told you so, you know, thing. And I feel like it's that way with every single sport right now. I, I'm seeing it. You know, I follow a lot of NFL guys cause I love the NFL. I love, you know, major league baseball. I love uh, major league soccer. And you're seeing it in everyone, you know, all sorts of things. But then I think the third camp is the folks, which is really where I fall is you made this as safe as you possibly can try it. If it doesn't work, you, you try because especially with the NBA, and I can't talk to this level with the other sports, but with the NBA, if they didn't even try, if they just said, we're canceling the season, it's done with. One is all the people who said, just focus on next season as normal as possible. Well, we have nothing to believe that, you know, mid-October when the NBA season usually starts, that it can even be normal. I, I don't know why we would assume that we could do that. But more importantly, if they didn't even try this season, the owners were going to really have no choice but to enact the force majeure clause, which was going to basically be tear up the CBA and we start from scratch and nobody gets paid. Now we're in a lockout. And it was going to get real, real ugly because the NBA players over the past several years and iterations of the CBA have done quite well to get to the point where it's about a 50-50 revenue split. That's as good as it is in any of the major sports. You know, better than better in a lot of them. The most NBA contracts are fully guaranteed, um, which we know. You know, NFL deals aren't like that. It's you know, you see this guy signs for two years, forty million, and then you find out, but it was five million dollars guaranteed. And right. it's you know, so very, very, you know, very, very different um, structures and environments. And in Major League Baseball, you know, if you're left-handed and can get one guy out, 
you know, it's a $9 million a year deal for you to, you know, throw six pitches in a game before they change the rules this year. But in the NBA, they, they've done a great job. But the owners, they're not going to be that generous next time around when, when they've lost billions of dollars, uh, you know, in revenue. They, they were going to hold to, you know, I, would, I had many people tell me they would have been surprised if players got to 30% if they, you know, had to lock it all down. And I think that that understanding when you combine that with the fact that no one was forced into this the players all could have opted out if they chose to they would have been forfeiting money and we all know that that's you know that's tough and that's a hard decision you know and I think think it's um you know anybody who did opt out you didn't see me criticize a single guy because they make the best decision for themselves and their families, and nobody should criticize them, right? It's you, you got to do what's but This is unprecedented times. You know, if, if this was just normal and they, they were like, I just don't feel like playing, I would have had plenty to say. You know, trust me, if a guy just was, I don't want to play, you know, that, that's different. This is a very different world. Um, but the players who are here, not only did some of them uh, choose to be here for the financial reason, but a, a lot of them wanted to play. I have talked to so many players who are like, I'm a basketball player. I want to play. You know, I want to, you know, finish the season out. I want to get a championship. There's a lot of these guys who are of the belief of, you know, my team has a real chance to win here. I want to play, um, you know, and, and I'm on a good team or I'm on a team where we think we have a chance and, and those kind of things. And that's where I think if you start to combine all the factors, I think if you really give it a lot of thought, you can look at it and say, Hey, as long as they made it as safe as they possibly can, and they are committed, if it is not safe, if it turns out to be a problem that they will shut down, then there's no reason to not give, give it a run and try and get this season finished. Last thing I have for you, we appreciate your time. Of course. Uh, look forward to doing this again, too. Um, it's going to start. Do you think it's going to finish? And what should fans prepare themselves for along the way here? Yeah, I. so if you had asked me when it was all announced, I would have told you 100% they'll finish. Then as things started to really spiral out of control here in the state of Florida, um, which is, you know, this is my adopted home state, um, it was, I, I had my doubts finished. I always knew they would start. I, I thought it was going to have to get really, really bad to not even try to start. But to finish, I started at my doubts. Um, you know, would they be able to finish? I will say over this past week, since teams started to arrive here, the fact that the protocols are working the way they're supposed to. Russell Westbrook didn't travel because he had a positive test. Um, he came out and he, and the only reason I'm happy to say that is because he came out and said it, you know, himself on social, social media. So, you know, so it's clear the protocols they put in place are working. You know, as we, we record this on, you know, what is this, two, two, Monday, Tuesday? Yeah, Monday. Uh, Monday afternoon, um, there is a uh, – man, I can't keep track of days of the week. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, Monday afternoon, we haven't had a single positive test inside the bubble yet. You know, so it tells me things are working so far. You know, uh, let's talk again in a couple weeks. And, you know, we'll see. You know, I might feel a little little differently if things start to go a different way. It sounds like I know a lot of people pointed to Major League Soccer in the two teams that had to be removed um, from the tournament mm -hmm. there at Disney. But it sounds like those two teams didn't do the things they were supposed to do before they came. Um, they, they were, you know, not, not uh, keeping up their quarantine before they got to Disney. They weren't, um, they weren't doing the things they were supposed to do. So yeah. that's, you know, the vast majority of the NBA, it sounds like they did. Um, it sounds like, even these guys, these handful of guys who've come up 
positive. It sounds like it was just really kind of unlucky, which we're hearing all over, you know, all walks of life. You know, some people are, man, I haven't left the house in four months and mm. I still got it because, you know, maybe the pizza guy had it or, you know, right. something. So, you know, so it is, um, you know, it, it's, it, I, I look at it as I'm less confident that it will finish, but I feel better after this last week with having people on site that they are going to be able to pull this off than I have for maybe the last couple of weeks. Well, buckle up, Keith, because this is going to be an interesting time. Uh, looking forward to this, you know, Lakers, LeBron, and Alex Caruso-led team because yeah. <laughs> I, 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 the only person I think is going to make it through all of this is the mutant himself, is LeBron James. <laughs> 17 years later, the man is defying odds still. You know, we'll, we'll probably watch him against, like, the Celtics or the Pacers or something like that. Right, yeah. Yeah, it might, might be, we might be down to a one-on-one tournament, and LeBron is, you know, the last man standing because, you know, because he's the only one left. I mean, that's what happens when you're a cyborg from, you know, another <laughs> another uh, dimension. Yeah, man, it's, it, it is, you know, I know we did spend a lot of time on basketball, but, man, the guy, he's just he, unreal. You know, right. I don't I, – I went from one of those people who was – I liked him when he was real young. Then I kind of was like, I was out on him for a while. Right. And now I'm back to like, back man, in. this old man now is still making it happen every day. Like I'm back in. Like, like I, I, you know, I, I've done the full, you know, 360 on the LeBron career and come back around to, yeah, man, I, I really appreciate everything this guy does. You know, on and off the court too. I think that is, you know, really cool. And that's, that's the other piece we didn't talk about really at all. But mm-hmm. the number of players who are looking at this as an opportunity to really have a huge impact off the court. I've been doing all these media availabilities, jumping on these Zoom calls, and it's been really cool to a man. Every player, and I don't care what their background is, what their experience is, they might have been born here in the in the U.S., not born here, black, white, you know, they, they are all, you know, to a man committed to, we have a chance to do something special here. All eyes are on us. And that, I think, is is a pretty cool part of this, and I think that's why so many of the players, beyond the financial and the basketball concerns, were like, Let's do this because we, we have real momentum maybe for the first time in our country's, you know, a long history to make things better, and we want to be a part of that. And I think that is, you know, that's really special and that's really cool, and I think, I think we're going to see some really good stuff these guys because I just think they're, they're – their focus is in the right place. They are, you know, here. And it was funny, you know, talking to uh, one player yesterday, he said – Manny goes, I got nothing else to do. You can only play video games for so long. So I'm educating myself. I'm educating my teammates. I'm getting up on what we can do. And then around the basketball, and he goes, so anybody who isn't doing that, he goes, send them my way. We'll have a conversation, and we'll, we'll get to figuring it out. He goes, plenty of time for fun, but we got no distractions here. You know, we can really focus on some stuff, and you're starting to hear some really cool ideas come out of these guys, which I'm excited to see how that goes as well. Sure. Young people are being credited with changing the world right now because they're not, you know, our our ancestors, our forefathers. They're not your grandfather. They're not my grandfather. Yeah. They see things and they've grown up in a world where, you know, equality is something that is not to be asked for anymore. But they're also the same uh, group of people who are being blamed for moving around recklessly and carelessly during this coronavirus time. When when that intersection meets, where do you think the NBA player is when it comes to that? Because you're seeing a lot of people speaking out, but you're also seeing a lot of young people who are, let's face it, you know, having these parties, like going to, uh, you know, hooping with each other. I mean, you're not going to tell me that these guys who thought the season was getting ready to go weren't 
breaking quarantine rules and doing these things just to make sure that their body stayed sharp so they can get ready to try to win this championship because that's where their laser focus. What do you think that cross-section of youth changing the world but also affecting the world is happening right now? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I think it, it, you're really right. That's what it is. It's at crossroads right there. It's, it's um, you know, I, I think, you know, not just NBA uh, players, but young people in general, they don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Yeah. I, when I was, you know, in my, you know, late teens and early 20s, I wasn't nearly as passionate, uh, you know, intelligent, uh, educated as some of these these people are now, you know, NBA and otherwise. You know, it's it's really impressive, which gives me a lot of hope, you know, quite frankly, that, you know, all right, maybe we are going to start moving things in right. a good direction. But, yeah, you know, the, these guys, yeah, it, it is very different because you're starting to see some of these players where maybe they weren't the most responsible when they should have been doing things. And I'm not talking about the guys who went and marched and did, did protests. Cause I, I think, I think a lot of those guys, you know, I know Jalen Brown, he did it, but Jalen Brown for a lot of the time, he had a mask on and when he didn't have his mask on, he was keeping his distance as much as he could. Um, you know, Mal- one of the more thoughtful dudes from the moment he stepped into the hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. He's, you know, everybody says continually, you know, Jalen Brown, you know, his, is as great of a basketball player as he may be, his best impact's never going to come on yeah. the court. He, it's going to be the big things he does off the court. But, yeah, it is it, – it's – I think it's – at the end of the day, what I go back to is I always think about they're basketball players, but they're also – a lot of them are 20 years old, yeah. and their priorities are not the same as mine as, you know, a 40-something dad. You know, mm-hmm. we, we just we – just, lead very different lives and 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 I think you know with a lot of those players it's going to be interesting to see you know what, what comes down and, and it'll be curious to see if we you know get one of these you know oh man four or five guys from the same team are out you know what what happened what were they all doing together and those kind of things because you know I mean just the world we live in now cell phones are everywhere somebody will have video or pictures of it, and, and it's gonna come out. No, no, I mean, oh, there's already young ladies tweeting about their invite. But, but yeah, I'm invited to the bubble, and and then my favorite is, and then walk. No, no, it's one. It's when guests are allowed to come. Is when when he wants me to come. It's like, oh yeah, sure, you know, like he wasn't peeking at the fence where he thinks he can, you know, boost you over, you know. So it's you know, it's a uh, you know, but I do, I, I think what you're gonna ultimately see is the veteran guys, the LeBrons, the Chris Pauls, they're gonna get the guys together and say let's remember what we're here for, you know, let's, let's really focus and let's do this in the right way. Because I think that's the really cool thing for me, especially with, with my friends who are, you know, um, my, my age, older, um, you know, pe- people, what, what we tend to dismiss is um, when it's, when, when it's the messages and coming in what we consider to be the right way, you know, then it's like we disregard what the what the point is altogether. And I think, you know, the NBA players and really a lot of the young people in the world are, they're conscious now of let's let's make sure the message also goes in the right way because we want to make sure people hear things the way, you know, they, they don't disregard the message because they don't like the delivery. You know, and I think that's, you know, really, really important. And that's going to be a focus point here over, you know, the next several months at, at Disney World for these players is, you know, hey, we have a, we have a, we have a platform here. Let's make sure we, we utilize, use it to, to its best, you know, uh, use it the best we can. 
Steve, I could talk to you for another hour, man. Let's do this again as soon as Absolutely. we can. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. Our listeners appreciate it. I appreciate it. The company appreciates it. Uh, you can catch Keith Smith at Yahoo Sports. He's freelancing for a lot of other corporate uh, co- companies as well, Real GM. Uh, he should be writing full-time for somebody very soon. <laughs> here. So uh, as soon as these things get figured out, man, uh, we, uh, we're going to chop it up about some NBA basketball next time we, uh, we, we get a chance to speak, brother. Man, I would, I, there's nothing I would like to do more. You know, that would be great. So I appreciate it. I hope you all stay safe, you and yours. You too, my brother. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed the Bulls Talk Podcast presented by Coors Light. Find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Subscribe if you like the show. Feel free to rate and review us. Make sure you share it, too, because word of mouth definitely does help us. New episodes are ready every Tuesday and Friday morning. But until then, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.